everybody, Beth Wee in the studio talking to you today about a sign on a wall. But for the grace of God, there go I. What does that really mean? I hear old timers talk about it all the time. And today we're going to kind of delve into the question. But for the grace of God, there go I. Years ago, someone shared a story about God with me. He told me that when he first heard about God, he learned that God was just. You get what you deserve. And it kind of made him afraid of God. As he tried to open his mind to spiritual things, he found out that he was wrong. God was a God of mercy. You don't get what you deserve. And it made him comfortable to try to start working the 12 steps. But as he was working the 12 steps, he found out that he was wrong again. God is a God of grace. You get what you don't deserve. That story stuck with me. I've shared it with many friends and I've heard it quoted back from friends of theirs. So obviously the idea has merit. Could grace be that simple? You get what you don't deserve? I have a question for you. What do you say before you eat supper? Yeah, you say grace. What's that about? It's a blessing over the food, but why do they call it grace? What does that have to do with getting what you don't deserve? So I decided to look at it more closely. Did you grow any of the food that you ate today? Did you harvest it? What did you do to earn it? Oh, so you paid for it at a grocery store. So as long as you paid for it, you've done your share, right? The Department of Agriculture revealed a crop of 100 bushels of corn from one acre of land requires the farmer's labor and, are you ready for this, 4 million pounds of water, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,000 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, 125 pounds of potassium, 75 pounds of sulfur, and other elements too numerous to mention. In addition to all these ingredients, rain and sunshine at the right time are essential. So the report concludes that only 5% of the farm's production is due to the effort of the farmer. So who did all the other work? But for the grace of God, there goes corn. (laughs) Okay, does anybody in here, or anybody listening, struggle still with the concept of grace? I know it's a tricky and risky and mysterious term, grace. What definitions have you heard? You know, I Googled it and I got the unearned favor of God. So grace seems to have something to do with God, and that makes a lot of us uncomfortable. We'd rather deal with absolutes and certainties instead of mysteries and miracles. At least then we'd know what we're talking about. And the absolute truth would be the absolute truth and not someone's impression or some hokey spiritual slice of baloney. But let's look at other spiritual words. Faith, hope, faith, you know, assurance of things that you can't see, hope, 
kind of a cherished desire for something to happen, why don't we struggle with those definitions? Why are they easier to swallow? Maybe because they're more about something we do instead about something God does for us. So once again, that self-centered thinking takes over. Faith and hope are kind of up to us. But grace? That's out of our realm. We're, we're moving into some weird territory that we don't understand. It, it would be easier if grace were like something solid and something we could define. Like, here's your box of grace. Use it wisely. But I think grace is bigger than that. I think it's more flexible and all-encompassing because it does include the person of the higher power. And now some of you are going, what does that mean, Beth? What is the person of the higher power? So think about attributes of a person that you assign to the higher power or God as you understand him. Forgiving, compassionate, encouraging, merciful. These are, these are terms that describe people as well as the higher power. Could some of these traits of a person be a part of grace. Up until now, grace meant thoughts and ideas, um, not a thing that was easily defined. But I think grace is even more than that. And let me give you an example. At a workshop I did here in Vero Beach, Florida, I had three participants leave the room. And one by one, I met with them and I told them something about myself. To the first one, I said, I'm a business manager. I've been a business manager for 45 years. I do scheduling. I do payroll. I make sure customer service is up to, you know, up to standards. And I sent them back into the room. Now, the second one, I said, I want you to know something about me. I'm, I'm the mother of two. And um, I also am the grandmother of one. And I, I got remarried and now I added two more children. So now I have four kids and one grandson and I love being a mother. And I sent them back into the room. And the third one I pulled aside and I said, you know, I am passionate about helping people find life after addiction. And so I founded a, a little organization called Beth Wee. And my desire is to help people find their connection with truth, authentic self, authentic God. I, I like to help them seek. And I sent that one back into the room. So now we're back in the workshop and I have the three people. And I said, could you tell people, I had three of you get to know me a little bit better. Would each of you tell me what you know about me? And one by one, they told the stories. Why didn't they each have the same story about me? They could have been talking about three completely different people. Possibly. And I'm just saying, I want you to expand your mind here and think about it. Possibly, that's why we each see the higher power in our own way. We all develop a relationship with God based on how we interact with God. So when God is good to you, it might mean he's like a good manager at the business of your life. If he's good to you, it might mean he treats you like a parent, like a mother who wants to care for your needs. 
if God is good to you, it might mean that he's taking you deeper and, and talking to you about things that would make some people uncomfortable and, and taking broken pieces of your history and putting them back together in a beautiful mosaic. Do you get it? Each one of these people knew the higher power as good, but each one of them knew the person of the higher power differently because of how they came to know him. So what if you hung around with me? Would you get to know me better? Would you learn more things about me? Would you know my favorite food? Would you know the foods that make me break out in craving more? Would you understand how I play with words in my head all the time and sometimes talk about gibberish? Would you know that I'm not a big TV watcher, but I can get sucked into a series if it's good? What if you hung out with God like that? Would it make you understand God in a new way? Could knowing God in different ways make us understand grace in different ways? Can you see how the person of God changes our understanding of how he favors us? Maybe that's one of the hints he throws our way. Maybe grace is bigger than just his favor. But when we're in grace, we can feel his favor. Maybe grace is just the atmosphere that surrounds the higher power. Okay, we're going to jump. You ready? I want to talk to you about karma. A lot of you have heard about karma and you give me the definition. What goes around comes around. Basic, right? You, you do this, you get this back. It kind of sums it up. Now, this is what I want you to consider. Karma is based on self. It's based on what you do instead of who you are. Grace kicks karma in the butt. Grace is about love. Karma is about justice. And yet, the higher power envelops both love and justice. It's just that those who hold to these thought avenues as truths will experience God in different ways. If you always think God is going to be just, just, you'll see that you'll, you'll try to do enough to please him. But if you can come to open your mind to the fact that God is about grace, you will understand that he loves you just as you are, despite what you do. The strange thing is, when you move into grace, you will try to do better. Why? To please the one you love, the higher power. But the doing isn't what pleases God. The hanging out with him and the wanting to hang out with him is what delights the higher power. Okay, everybody listening, think about your, your grade school experience. Who was the meanest teacher you ever had? what grade, and what was the person's name. Most of you listening to this podcast thought of someone. Mrs. Hargrove, fifth grade. That was mine. Did you have a nice teacher? What grade, and what was that person's name? Mine, Sister Augustino, grade two. How can I remember that? How are you remembering grade school teachers? How about this, when you went to college, if you heard someone talk about a professor that was terrible, did you sign up for that course? 
or did you try to find another way to get that credit? If somebody tells you that a teacher is a jerk, do you want to take a class with that person? Now I'm going to switch the gears on you. Where did you learn about the higher power? Maybe that's part of why you don't understand grace fully. We lean on information about the one who gives us grace without experiencing a relationship with that one, ourselves. Hand-me-down gods don't work. you got to get your own God. It's wonderful if you grew up in a family that gave you spiritual lessons and your parents shared their idea of their higher power. I, I applaud that. That's wonderful. But it's still up to you to have your own relationship with God. And you don't have to get stuck with someone else's version of the higher power. Maybe they see him as just and you're going to see him as love. It's okay. It's the same higher power. Just like I can be a business manager and a mother. Without experiencing the higher power personally, you're stuck settling for someone else's ideas about him. Did anybody I talked to find out about my history? What if you heard something about my history that was negative? Have you ever seen me do the negative thing? Have you ever seen me do, do I never got arrested. I never got, I never, you know, go on through that stuff. But what if someone told you something bad about me? Would it change whether or not you'd listen to these podcasts? You base your whole relationship on a fact that may or may not be true because you're taking it from someone else's understanding. So after all, won't you please try to experience relationship on your own, whether it's with a person or with the God of your understanding? Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. They're not even close. Let me say it again. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. Do not settle for less. When you do, you sign off on a bunch of grace. And the only re reason that you decided not to hang out with God is because somebody else told you that he was a drug addict and a... <laughs> and a bad guy, and a smiter, and a punisher. Uh, you get the point. Let's say you're trying to get a gift card to use in a raffle for a nonprofit you work for. You know the owners of the business where you want to get that gift card. And you know the guy who had a meal there once. Who should you ask for the donation, and why? Grace belongs to the creator. If we want it, we must ask for it. Don't go to some guy who knows a little bit about grace. Go right to the creator of grace and say, I want to know more about grace. I want to. Help me hang out with you comfortably. Did anyone ever have something just go their way and it made all the difference? My friend Pixie used to call those God winks. It's like God winks at you and sends a blessing. I think the blessings might be connected to grace. 
I remember when I was a kid, someone told me a story about going to heaven and St. Peter was walking them through giving a tour. And there was this huge warehouse full of boxes. And the guy finally said, St. Peter, what are all those boxes? He goes, oh, those are all the gifts God wanted to give his children, but they never asked. So maybe grace is most easily understood by those who have been severely broken by the world. If I'm talking to you, you know what it feels like to be without. You know what it feels like, what it, what it feels like to be alone and afraid. You know, people that are broken know what it feels like to be without grace and under the influence of a person or an addiction or a situation that is beating them up without mercy. If and when they feel a taste of blessing, just a little flicker of grace, when someone shows them a kindness, when something goes their way, well, let's face it, it can give them a little bit of hope. The possibility that if we hold on, pain will end. Hope, hold on, pain ends. There are many folks who may be still alive just because of this moment of grace. We're going to talk more about this in another podcast. We're going to tie this one up so that you don't fall asleep or get bored or go, oh my gosh, it's getting too deep. Take a minute. Think about what we've been talking about. Because grace is a free gift for you. And God wants to bless you with it. But for the grace of God, there go I. It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWE.com a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.